Hello and welcome to the Stringer Podcast number 41. Amira Devera is on the podcast this week. She uh, runs Project 4PR, good friend uh, of of a friend of mine. I met her through Kat Stavankovich because she reps Kat along with numerous other personalities within the city, media personalities, actors, actresses, music personalities. Amira does it all. You can find her on Twitter at ADVera, Advera, A-D-V-E-R-A, or on Instagram at Advera. It's just that easy, Dylan. It's not that hard. KJ and Caldwell, a football podcast live. I'm sorry if it seems like I'm rushing through this, but we just were out shooting the TFC Independiente match for the Champions League, and I'm still Dylan. I'm fucking cold, man. Clay didn't wear a jacket the entire game until the last five minutes. The last five minutes, then the wind over the south stands got brutal, but it was like minus 12 tonight with the wind chill. It's like minus 35. Not really. I'm making that up. So I'm going fast. KJ and Caldwell, football podcast live. We announced already Justin Morrow, Jonathan Osorio, both from Toronto FC. Two guys I saw tonight will be there. And just announced Kyle Becker. And Manny Aparizio, Kyle Becker, will be playing with Forge FC in the new CPL. Manny Aparizio with York 9 FC. I know both these guys. Carmelina Moscato, who is a former women's national team player. And Luke Wildman, four more people announced for February 28th, live at the Rivoli. Early bird tickets have sold out, but you can still get a seat for 25 bucks by heading on over to a afootballpodcast.com. Okay, moving on to this weekend, though, because football podcast is on a Thursday, but what are we going to do Friday? Friday, March 1st, the Toronto Winter Brew Fest. I had friends that went to this. Actually, we chatted already about Kat, but she raved about it. The Toronto Winter Brew Fest, uh, Friday, March 1st at 6 p.m. at the Evergreen Brickworks. That's 550 Bayview Avenue. The fourth annual Toronto Brew Fest with over 40 breweries, 150 beers, distilleries, food trucks, DJs, speakeasies. I don't know what speakeasies means. It's like a speakeasy was like a hidden den. I was going to say, that's like a prohibition thing, right? Like- it, it kind of is. But how can you be announcing you're going to have speakeasies? You're going to have multiple of them? Games and more if we want to find out. I guess we, we just got to check it out. Tickets range from $21 to $56. You can get them by heading on over to brewfest.ca. Dylan, do you think you can drink 150 beers? Uh, just watch me. Lies. Saturday, March the 2nd, Murder at the ROM. This is actually, Dill, if we weren't already busy on this Champions League project, this would be fun, I think, as a group outing. Murder at the, yeah, no, not like that. Murder me by drinking 150 beers. <laughs> yeah. Murder at the ROM, 1 p.m., obviously at the Royal Ontario Museum, 100 Queens Park. Tickets are 40 bucks. A curator has been murdered in a trail of clues left behind, connected to secrets in the collections. My favorite thing is if you head on over to urbancapers.com, they're very clear that they are not associated with the Royal Ontario Museum. They're just a group that puts these events on. So if you see the mummy in the casket, they're not the ones who put them there. Sunday, March 3rd, a conversation with Ellen DeGeneres. I thought this would be kind of cool if you're able to check it out. 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. Scotiabank Arena, 40 Bay Street. You know you get tickets still. You got to head on over to Seat Giant because this is one of the hottest tickets in town, but they still have some available. I checked. Seat Giant is a marketplace that connects buyers and sellers all across North America. Whether you live in a big city or a small town, Seat Giant has tickets to pretty much everything heading your way, including Ellen DeGeneres. With more than 3 million tickets available at all the time, 
I don't think it means 3 million tickets to Ellen. Seat Giant has a distinct marketplace advantage. Head on over to SeatGiant.ca. Get your Ellen tickets. Ellen in Toronto at Scotiabank Arena. Use promo code STRINGER and you can save yourself a couple bucks off your purchase. Remember, no one listens to all my ideas. Dylan barely listens to any of my ideas. But if you want to do something about it, I give you a couple of options. First, you can reach out with something that you've got coming up, and we'll be happy to promote it. You can find us on Twitter, at Stringer Podcast, or you can email us, if people still do that, events at thestringer.ca, or you can go to seatgiant.ca and figure out your own weekend. they got tons of stuff. I told you, big city, small town, everything pretty much heading your way. They've got tickets for concerts, sporting events, theater, live shows, comedy. And remember, you can use promo code STRINGER no matter what you choose, whether I suggested it or not, and save a couple dollars off your ticket purchase. It's just that easy. We got Amira Devera coming up for you. She's such a sweetheart. She has a ton of ambition wrapped up in a small little package, as I said, I think with the Tim Thompson one. Uh, this was recorded right around Christmas, actually. And it's just, you know, with the lineup of guests that we had, uh, you know, Stephen Caldwell, Christian Jack, uh, the announcement of the Sportsville podcast, and those guys coming through. This one just got bumped a little bit back. But Amira, I hope you forgive us because you know I want to work with you for a long, long time time dylan there's only one more thing to do i'm cold so there's no jokes about this here's a sax good okay i saw you i saw i saw you playing around with the controls and I was like, oh, we good? He's just pretending. He actually doesn't know how to use it. No. Like, oh, he totally. I can't do it without Dylan. We had someone. You know who Toronto Mike yeah, is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So we had him in recently. Oh, cool. And he was like, whoa, wait a minute. You have someone to do it? And I'm like, because everything. he runs his controls. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I have to. You're like, I don't know because, what I'm doing. Like the two or three times that yeah. I've tried to do it on my own, they've been like, I've messed them up. Oh, really? Like one time we weren't recording for the first 20 minutes. So I needed Dylan to make sure. Things are going well. Dylan, you're awesome. Dylan is awesome. Thanks for being here. Amira on the podcast. Yay! How exciting is this? I know. This is like a <laughs> relationship, friendship, working friendship, working relationship that dates for like back. a long time. Well, well over a year. Yeah. And it took forever <laughs> to meet you. And then we finally met you while shooting something else in August. I, we, I didn't even know you were going to be there. No, not at all. Right? I didn't know you were going to be there until day of. Yeah. Uh, so we were shooting that in August. And then even then we were like, okay. We, we gotta make the you gotta come in we'll chat it'll be great and it still took Yay! us months I know but right? I mean it happened sometimes these things don't happen, right you're like oh yeah yeah we'll do that thing we'll do that thing and then it never ever happens so you okay. probably know a thing or two about trying to line up mm. like publicity and interviews <laughs> and, and coordinating media yeah. and coordinating and getting times and Schedule. schedules oh, right gosh yeah it's like my life story of my life so what's shaking I heard actually can we start I heard something. Let me know if you don't want to talk about this. Tell me. I, I heard you had a pretty fun weekend. Oh, my sweater party? Your sweater party. Yeah. So we're, we're, for those who don't know, we recorded this right before the holidays, and we were like two days yeah. after what I heard is like an annual event. It is. It's an annual event. So every year my boyfriend and I throw this ugly sweater party, um, and so you come in your ugliest holiday sweater right and uh, it's gotten really intense because people actually like they they plan for this because we give out prizes for the best really? like ugliest sweater 
So people really, really dress up and like make their sweaters ugly. So yeah, it was on Saturday. It was fun. Um, the winner of the of this year's prize, she had she had made her own sweater. So oh it was goodness, it was hide- it was hideous. Like yes. it was basically she had super glued ornaments on it. There was a light like a Christmas light thing attached to it. Like it was very interactive. Mm-hmm. So she won. She um, won. But yeah, it was a festive Good. time. Shouts. Shouts yeah. to her. What do you win in, so, in your home when, when you win something? <laughs> it's like, actually really it cheesy. Well, no, you get a giant candy cane. Like, it's massive. It's, like, embarrassingly it's big. It's embarrassingly big. Right. Like, you can't finish this thing. No. <laughs> and if you is that, do, is that a dare? Go, well, no. I mean, <laughs> you'd probably be very sick. Um, and then we give them, like, a gift card to a Starbucks Aww. or, you know, somewhere fun. That's delightful. Yeah. Then Kat was there. Yeah. Her, but her sweater was not ugly. It was cute. It was yeah. adorable. That... Mm. I was like, you can wear this in public. Okay, I'd like to say two <laughs> things. First of all, classic cat. I know. Right? She's so like, stylish. She, she's like, oh, she yeah, was- yeah. I'm totally going to show up at an ugly sweater party. And I'm it's like, not, you don't look ugly. It's not That's ugly. the point. It's, she can literally wear this sweater out and be, people would be like, oh, that's, oh, that's so adorable. Yeah, so that's fashion cute. forward. I know. You would do that. Like, You're like my eh. sweater said, meowy Christmas. And it had a <laughs> giant cat on it with, with a scarf and glasses. Like, I would not wear that in public and be proud of it. I can't believe you didn't wear it here. I mean, I'm, I should have. I'm a little offended. That I'm could sorry. have been fun. Like, I'm it's sorry. an audio medium. It's not like. True. People right. could see it online, I guess. They could. But it was, I mean, it was hideous. <laughs> but that's the point. Not like a cute, ugly sweater. My second thing is, I wish <laughs> these kind of events where we like celebrate something that's hideous was a high school thing. Yeah. Because it feels like those were the years I was being made fun of for <laughs> stuff. But now that we're adults, everyone's like, oh no, it's retro, it's cool. It's cool, it's you, hip. You it's can, hip to be ugly. <laughs> it's hip to be ugly. And you're like, why wasn't this happening in I my know. formative years when this totally could have helped me out? Right? Like, I could have. Rose the social construct with the ugliest sweater. With the ugliest sweater on a day-to-day I basis. I mean, we we could start the trend. We could, you know, tell high school kids this is the new thing. Yeah, wear ugly sweaters. We're just, you know, celebrate the weird. I mean, high school kids don't look like the high school kids that I used to go with nowadays. Like because they all look like adults now. They all look older than me. It's I'm like, how? Why, how is your makeup like my? I didn't know how to put makeup on. <laughs> In high school, like glitter everywhere. Like I still fat. don't know how to put makeup on. <laughs> but like, no, like girls now. I'm like, you know how to contour. You know how to do like those highlighting thingies. Like your lipstick is on point. Like I wasn't even allowed to wear lipstick till I was 16. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. So like now high school kids, I feel like no one goes through the awkward phase anymore. Everyone's cool. Things that, first of all, guys don't even understand. You're like, I didn't have to wear makeup. I couldn't wear lipstick yeah. until I was 16. One of those things, a crossroad we never come to, <laughs> yes. right? But I can understand. But you know what I mean. As a parent, you're yeah. trying to kind of like retain the child innocence. Absolutely. Before you go painting your, and well, I say now, that very nicely. Now I get it. Now I look back, I'm like, you know, you know my mom is right. Like, I, you know, I wish I would have been a kid more yeah. than like you know I want to be 21 now right because yeah. now that I'm in my 30s I'm like what the hell like <laughs> I'm so old now <laughs> but no I'm, I'm just saying like high school kids they don't look like the high school kids that we grew up no. with everyone is I feel like they have their life together I'm like how do you look like you have like, your life together you brought up my favorite phase <laughs> of my whole life and I the, the awkward phase because yeah. I think it started right right when I was about 12 okay and it lasted well I'm 34 now and we're gonna see when I get out of it uh, what was what was the thing when you look back to your yeah. high school years? What was the thing that you did that you're like, 
Oh, um, that girl just didn't know. Like, he, uh, poor kid. She just didn't know. You know what? I was very, this is, this is really funny. I was very into a hardcore rap music. <laughs> like, hardcore. Really? Like I'm talking like like gangsta rap and like I was so into it and like I I don't know I just wanted to fit in with this group of kids who yeah. like love gangster rap and I love how I say gangster rap and not rap. gangsta No rap. no no it's gangster I really don't fit in yeah. <laughs> Hey guys how's your gangster rap going, going? Yes. Um, do you want to study a little bit of mathematics <laughs> after school? That would be a lot of fun. In rap form. In rap form. Um, but yeah, no, and uh, I remember like trying so hard, you know, I'd listen to all the music and like yeah. I'd even wear the clothes and like do all that stuff. And I'm just like looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, what is wrong with me? But you you find those groups of people that you want to be like, you know? And so you try really hard and you try to fit in with them. But then you look weird and you look funny. So I would say, I guess... That I was 14. That was like mm-hmm. grade nine. So that was weird. That was a weird phase. My parents wrote, raised three boys that were, I would say, very clean cut for the most part. Good. But it meant that we had gel in our hair Aww. all the time. And we had like the comb over. Oh, my God. Back. That's like, that's a style, though. It, like, well, now it is. Now it is. It wasn't. As I said, <laughs> if anything in my high school years was like that's cool now yeah. it was cool then I would be at top of the I mean of the cafeteria but every every guy I knew in high school wore gel in their hair like their right. hair never moved it they was did, the style but the spike became like spiked Spikes, hair became yes. the thing yes. and so great all grade 9 I had like comb over hair. comb back that's amazing and then I'm like wait I can cut it <laughs> like I can I can do something with it now oh my god! and then I got super excited there was that and then like really I, this is cool now but really retro sweatshirts. Oh, was like so my yeah, thing in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 80s big baggy 80s yes, sweatshirts. Yes. Those were amazing. Now so it would be like band sweatshirts and yes. sports sweatshirts and movie sweatshirts. Yeah. None of which was cool <laughs> at the time. Like no one could pull it off. I know. Uh, I was most of all. But I decided I, I had to wear it. What makes me think of it as we talk about the awkward phase yeah. is you're in your teens and we're kind of all like trying to find our identity. I know. You said that you're just looking for a group that you well, can yeah. identify with. You want to be like everyone that's, you know, cool, I guess. So you're trying to fit in. So you're trying to find it in your teens. In your <laughs> 20s, you're trying to kind of announce it. Mm-hmm. Right. You you really you spend your 20s being like, guys, look, I'm a professional <laughs> or yeah. I'm a. I'm an adult. Singer, or I'm a business person. Yeah. There's a lot of, and in the nicest way, frontage. I'd say oh, in your twenties. Well, yeah, because you're you're you were insecure in your in your high school years, and then your twenties, you're a little bit more insecure because then you're so. trying to prove yourself and cross you, the threshold into adulthood, right? Which is hard. So hard, and so you're like, what? Who am I? And like, what do I want people to see me as? And then in your thirties, you just don't give up. You, you're kind of like, <laughs> well, I feel like it goes a little introverted, where you're like, oh, I know what I am yeah. now. Yeah. And the people who are like that are gonna kind of. Yes. Like come into my orbit, a hundred percent, and they'll just be there. And the people that aren't, yeah, meh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. You do your thing, but like you live the, your life. That's the best thing about being in your thirties. Like thirties is so far my favorite time of my life because I just I care less about mm-hmm. who's in my life. Couldn't care less, right? Whatever, <laughs> Take get that. out of my life. I don't. It's um, high school all over again. I know, right? I don't need you, I don't Amira. Move. <laughs> Get out of my life. Um, but yeah, no, but it's amazing because it's that freedom, right? Because like you spend so much of your 
20s and your teens being like, someone accept me, yeah. like love Completely. me. And then now you're like, oh, you know, if you don't, don't want to hang out with me, it's cool. It's cool. cool. Like, I could literally sit at home in sweatpants. Oh, yeah. And I will be perfectly happy with like a glass of wine. A hundred percent. And whatever weird dinner, like grilled cheese. <laughs> grilled cheese, a glass of wine, sweatpants. Grilled cheese and a glass of wine. I a hundred percent would. Oh, it's wow. Just like, it's just picking the things that you want in your life at that moment. <laughs> You're like, I definitely want hot bread with melted cheese in it. I always want wine. That works well. And you'd, I could use some Harry Potter tonight. I mean, and you just kind of, you roll with it. Perfect evening. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's what I did last night. How do <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> Maybe that was my weekend. Identity, though, and searching and professing identity and really finding those right connections kind of seems like your whole world. Yes. Now. Which is so ironic. <laughs> which is, well, I don't, I think people who are students of life and students uh-huh. of what goes on yeah. make the best in whatever uh, career choice they make. Yeah. And so true. if you can spend your teens not just being there, but kind of witnessing it mm-hmm. and viewing it. Yeah. And if you can spend your 20s like really aware of what people are doing around you, yeah. coming into your 30s, right. coming into the field you're in, which is public relations, yeah. that's all life experience mm-hmm. that sits in a vault in your brain. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you do this. I can help you because of this trait you have. Mm-hmm. Tell me about public relations. Like, tell me. <laughs> Why I need you in my I life? Me. I um, totally need you. Well, public. I'm not like <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I hit the Amira Project for threshold oh, yet. Oh, stop! But we're working towards right. it. I mean, I'm gonna speak more on the side of the public relations that I do because yeah, it's very it's 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 similar but very different because I represent people, so I yeah. only represent. Um, you know, talent, individual talents, because uh, public relations could be anything. Like you could represent brands, corporate, yep. all that stuff. And uh, when I started in this industry, I actually started in entertainment PR. So I was always in this world, and I, I grew in this world, and I learned about this world, and all my experiences were from entertainment publicity. Mm-hmm. So the type of work that I do is I represent people and make sure that they, you know, have a specific brand or persona that the public sees them as. Mm-hmm. And it depends on what they want to be seen. As, as well so that's why it's a lot of consulting at first because mm-hmm. it's me sitting down with a person being like okay what is the goal what do you want who are you it's very therapeutic actually I've had people I, cry I would imagine right because you kind of uncover the layers absolutely and rid yourself of the bullshit yeah 100% and, and you're kind of in a way and I say this politely adding to the bullshit because yeah. you're like this is who I am at the bottom, mm-hmm. but I got to do all these like outside layer 100%. ways to show it. Yeah, but you're really trying to get down to the core of who they am, and that's what are. it is. Because sometimes I'll have someone come to me and they'll be like, "Well, I'm an actor. I'm in a film," and I'm like, "Okay, so why do you act? Why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do in the next ten years?" So like, it's all these things that I need to know because that's what shapes someone's career. Mm-hmm. To me saying that I want to be a movie star or I want to be this, that's not enough, right? right? Like, I can't sell that. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? What is the goal? And, you know, some people are what's very... The story? Yeah, what's the story? What am I selling, right? And some people are very good at it. They they already know. They have, like, a, a blueprint of what they want for the next 
10, 15 years, some people actually have no idea. They're like, well, Completely. I don't know who I am. Yeah. You know, that's why I need you. I need you to help me. Um, so that's what I essentially do in a nutshell. And then once we uncover that person's story, that's when I sell it to media. Mm-hmm. Um, but also now that, you know, we live in a digital world, mm-hmm. social media has become a big part of what I do. When I first started, Twitter was the only thing around. And that, that was interesting because I, you know, a lot of my clients were like, Twitter, why do I need mm-hmm. Twitter? What mm-hmm. is Twitter? What's it going to do for me? Exactly. Like, wait a minute. It's Facebook without the pictures? Yeah. Like, and like, I'm just talking? No, no one wants to hear my exactly. 140 characters. Right. And I mean, it's crazy how much things have changed, mm-hmm. especially with like Instagram and Snapchat and all that stuff. But social media has become a big part of that because now, you know, you have this immediate access to, you know, the public, the media and all that stuff. So I help curate what they put out there as well, because that becomes news, you know, for a lot of these celebrities and talent, right? So, so yeah, so that's what I do in a nutshell. So you said when you started in your in entertainment yeah uh, public relations yeah were you still in the states no the i was here oh you were here already. i was here so i had moved from ottawa i just finished school i studied political science with the intention of poli i know it's so weird i no, you know it's not weird it makes complete sense it does it actually makes complete because sense. my my i always pictured myself either being a journalist so like reporting on politics mm-hmm. or being someone's communications person mm-hmm. right so like i wanted to be that person that kind of helps uh you know politicians look good in the public Completely. eye Thank God I didn't do that. Holy, I see what's going on in the world now. And I'm like, oh my God, that would it could, been. Well, it's just, you're a firefighter at that point. Oh, you're literally. one fire after just the other. one after the other, right? And the truth is, and not even to go into some of the worst of what we see. Yeah. Even. Even the good ones. Even day to day. Oh, the yeah. The problem is, is obviously, you know, I have a long history in sports. Yeah. It's like the referees. Yeah. Where no matter <laughs> what call you make or yeah. what side That's you're it. on, someone's going to hate you anyway. Someone's going to be mad. And yeah. so you're always kind of trying to diffuse. Yeah. The, the bomb yeah. that's perpetually going on. For sure. And that's not what I wanted to do. So I, I you know, I really, <laughs> I, I always wanted to be that person that puts out the fire. Like, I don't understand how like the TTC people, how, I don't know how they do their jobs. Like as a communications director, right. I would, I would be crying every day. Like, why does everyone hate me? Yeah, well, <laughs> um, it's not me guys. It's not me. I promise you, I do not make the delay schedule. <laughs> it's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, so when I had moved here, I, um, I, I didn't know, I didn't really know what to do so I volunteered for fashion week and ended up meeting someone in PR mm-hmm. um, she was more representing a lot of uh, travel and luxury brands which mm-hmm. wasn't really my jam but I had been introduced to another company that um, represents like entertainment clients so mm-hmm. it was uh, they were representing Warner Brothers um, Hillary Duff at the time was one mm-hmm. of their clients mm-hmm. so like I, I thought that world was very interesting because I always loved entertainment mm-hmm. I just didn't know what it entailed mm-hmm. so then I, I, I interned for them at the right time because someone was leaving and so after my internship because I did well got hired right away was this and let me know and we'll snip it out if you don't yeah. was this pennant yeah yeah, yeah. It no it's fine you can keep it okay yeah. okay yeah. Good, good. <laughs> I mean, you never know right no, I Sometimes, know yeah some people and, are and like, just had, well if nothing else, it's just out of respect mm-hmm. for your former colleagues that you're like, well, they didn't agree to come on a podcast. No, I know. You know what I, I mean? Know. So that you were with Penn yeah, at the time. Yeah, I was with them for seven years. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time, especially for people our age. Completely. Like, nobody stays anywhere longer than two years. Like, I was at, you know. <laughs> I was at Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, I think, for nine. Wow. And that, because... I hadn't been at any job. So I started working when I was 12. I got my first like in a pizza shop job. And I hadn't been 
anywhere longer than 18 months. And that's just yeah. because I have like... Well, you were young. Happy feet. Like, yeah. whatever. You know, I just you keep do any, moving. Everything. Exactly. And you, you try this, and you try this, yeah. and you try this, and you yeah. try this. And that was, I always say, a lot of my life was like process of elimination. Right. Right. And yeah. I'm happy I had so many jobs. Yeah. Because I realized all the things I didn't want to do. Right. And then I hit my early 20s, and I, I get in with Maple Leaf Sports yeah. Entertainment nine years wow. is as you seven like that's that's a that's long a time big chunk of your life when it's a, almost a third of my life when uh, I'm only 34 my entire 20s was at this job right like most of my 20s was at this job because I started with them um I was 23 I was 23 when wow. I interned and it's crazy to me that I I had stayed that long because mm-hmm. I mean I I love doing what I do and I mm-hmm. loved what I did there because I learned so much mm-hmm. and I you know, there were a lot of opportunities for me to do a lot of things with freedom, right? If I had gone somewhere more corporate, I wouldn't have had the experiences that I had. Right. So I think if you're in a good place and you're, you know, you you have all these experiences and all these like, all the, all the access to mm-hmm. things that you would normally not have it, why not stay? And you uh, know? for me, like so much of, obviously so much of life is a learning experience. Yeah. And if an opportunity can continue yes. to teach me things for sure and show me ways in myself in which I can grow mm-hmm. then I'm not gonna leave that absolutely because I'm like oh yeah last year I was doing this and now I'm doing this yeah which means next year I could be doing this right and that becomes an addiction almost yes. just an addictive that's not a bad thing but addictive to growing and figuring yeah. yourself out and testing your own limits but for sure and seeing where you can go within an organization and don't you find that now because you have all that experience everything that you're doing I'm not saying it's easy, but it's it is easier, right? Because I always say if I hadn't had all this experience, this company wouldn't be moving as fast as right. I want it to be because I, you know, for me it's not like I'm starting from scratch. I have all these contacts. I have the experience. So, I always say if you want to start your own thing, it's good to be in the industry first even for a little bit yeah. just to get your feet wet and then figure it out from there. Intuition's a funny word mm-hmm. because a lot of intuition is just experience. Yeah. It's right? True. There yeah. because intuitively yeah. I'll make choices when it comes to whatever productions that we're doing or people that I'm talking to yeah. or, or the next move for us or even selecting a new office. Right. But intuition is nothing more than just the sum of my experience. Yeah. And everything I've learned along the way saying, you know what, because of when you did this and when you did this, when you did this, yeah. you knew you needed this. Yeah. This is the right move to make. Right. No, it's true. And 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 I I mean, it's also you learn what works for you and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like even now, it, my intuition is like I know when someone's not the right person for me, right. and I can tell right away. Um, and then I also have intuition in terms of like you know if something is going to work very well, then you know I'm like okay, we're going to make it happen. It's going to work. It's going to be a lot of hard work, but mm-hmm. it's going to happen, right? So I think that's important as well. I've always been curious. To speak of the clients, <laughs> obviously that that you don't feel a connection with. Yeah. But before we get to that, how about we just talk about the company? First? <laughs> okay. You're, you're you're almost at two years. I, almost I, at two years. Project four it's PRs. Crazy. Almost at two, two years. And what I love is we share a similar interest. Yeah. Or I don't. We have a connection, and that's numbers. Yes. Numbers. This is big for me. <laughs> I love now, how you bring this up. It's big. N- now I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a numerologist. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not either. I, so no. hopefully nobody thinks I am. They're like, but, hey, read my numbers. But the number four yeah. to you yeah. signifies. Big. It's huge. It's like a lot. I mean, 
I always say everything to me happens in fours. I was born on June 4th and every single major life event and I don't I don't even look at it as a coincidence anymore because mm-hmm. it does happen like mm-hmm. every increment of four years something big happens or you know I live in a street where it's like four and you know I see the number four 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 everywhere I go so I, I it's just it's been in my life my entire life <laughs> so that's why I named the company project for PR four is also um, a symbol of completeness so I always say that PR is the last thing that people always think about as a way to complete their team because yeah. an actor We'll get an agent, a manager, whatever else. And then the the last person they think of is is a PR person because they're ready to tell their story. You know, they're comfortable with that and they're ready to hire a publicist on. So that's part of it. And that's the, that's the side of numbers that I really get into is yeah. what it signifies to the brain. Yeah. And I think, first of all, because I was born on Friday the 13th. Whoa. Right? So, like, even if you take it the Friday part, that's thir- pretty cool. Thirteen though. is like a taboo number in like at least half the nations on the face of the earth. Yeah, well, it's isn't it lucky? Actually, number Depends. four is unlucky in the Chinese culture. I'm yes. not Chinese, but it's unlucky in their culture. Um, but thirteen is very lucky, from can, what I heard. Can be very lucky. Yeah. So I, I'm just gonna count it as luck. I mean, I, I think didn't. Pick you're lucky. It. Like we just kind of walked out when we we're ready to walk I mean, out. You know? I didn't pick it, <laughs> but. I think it was first that, you know, kids in school were, oh, Friday the 13th, (laughs) whoa, you're bad luck. Do you have a black cat? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Don't get near ladders and me. Don't break mirrors. Yeah, don't step on cracks or else you'll break my back, (laughs) kid. Um, So I think significance and what numbers signify in our brains, and that's a cultural thing, as we just brought up. Right. I find that so interesting. Oh, it's so cool. And so you have like numbers like two and three and yeah. four and six and seven yeah. and 12. Yeah. Like these are all big numbers that people have a connection with, yeah. even if they don't recognize yeah. it, because of what it means to our culture and what it meant to our upbringing. You, you were born in the Philippines, weren't you? I was, yeah. And But you have been all over the world. Talk about culture. I know. it's a, it, I always break into hives when people are like, where are I, you from? I'm like, well, the short story. So can I try it? Yeah. Well, you were born in the Philippines. Yeah. Your dad took a job. You moved to Egypt. Yeah. Spent about a decade in Egypt. Yeah. Went to California. Yeah. And then decided out of California, oh hey, God. I got a great idea. <laughs> I'm scared. I've got a great idea because I'm in California and there's a piece of me that might want to get into public relations one day. Uh, how about I move to Ottawa and go yeah. to school? Wow. Wow. Look at this research. What? Who are you? That's just brain stuff. I don't know. I like retain information. That's amazing, though. No. What's amazing? Like, can we go back to what's actually amazing? <laughs> you lived in just about every time zone this yeah, world has to I know, offer. I know. I, I always say, like, how you, I mean, like what you said, I have happy feet. I yes. feel like, I mean, Canada is the longest place I've stayed. Like, this is my permanent home now. Um, So for me, it's bizarre that I've actually stayed here, you know, because I'm always like, oh, what's next? What's next? I don't want to stay here. Um, But yeah, no, I, um, my, my, my parents actually, they met in the Middle East. That's our connection to Mm -hmm. Egypt because everyone's like, Egypt, like, how does that even work? But then the Gulf War happened. Mm -hmm. So then they had to move back to the Philippines. But my dad's company ended up uh, just like keeping him on. Mm -hmm. Their offices moved to Egypt. So when I was five, we moved there. At the time, honestly, I had no idea what that meant. Like, you're five. Like, what do you, you know? You're like, oh, I'm with my parents. So for me, growing up in Egypt was normal. Like, it well, wasn't. Of course, as it would be. It wasn't anything weird. And, you know, I had gone to a school that, 
I went to an international school and everyone was from every walks of life. So I, I never thought of it as weird because a lot of my friends would be, you know, daughters or sons of diplomats. So mm-hmm. everyone kind of left and came and, you know, I met new friends and whatever. So for me, that was a normal life. Um, but then when I moved to California, I was like, oh yeah, so this is not normal. Because yeah. everyone's like, you know, everyone grew up where they grew up. Yeah. Even moving to Ottawa, I was like, oh, everyone's from here. Like, yeah. it's it's funny because then for me, I'm like, I never grew up anywhere. I just kind of went places. And moved. Yeah. So then. And um, adapted. And, and adapted. And grew your circle and, yeah. and experiences and all that stuff. And honestly, if I hadn't had those experiences, I wouldn't be who I am. Right. So like, I, I really think a lot of the experiences growing up, living in different countries, I also speak three different languages fluently. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> now, that's not something I'm going to be able to guess. What languages aside? So English is one. English is oh, one. Dale, I'm one for one. Yes. Okay. Sometimes um, English is one. Just kidding. Um, yeah. So I speak Arabic fluently. Oh, of course. That would make perfect sense. Yeah. Um, and Tagalog, which is the Filipino language. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So I speak three languages fluently, which is kind of cool. Um, Can we stick to English? Can we stick to English? It's, subtitles, sure. subtitles don't work right I mean, on podcasts. Yeah, we tried it a couple times, <laughs> but if we could stick to English, we're I'd gonna really, stick to yeah? English. Okay, yeah, perfect. we're we're fine. We're fine. I don't know how you're <laughs> such an incredible presence online the way you are, uh-huh. and that's what I think of when I think of you. You oh, have like such you. a dynamic presence, and I'm always like, how does she find time? Because thank I have to like buy out time <laughs> to. And I'm not even good at Instagram. Like, good. I don't know what good is. I know. But now it's like, like, I have to literally say, okay, Clay, <laughs> spend a little bit of time, pretend to be creative, and like put something <laughs> out there. Yeah. But you seem to balance it so effortlessly. Honestly, it's 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 my, it's a calendar. I literally put everything in my calendar, even posting something. I'll be like, at three o'clock, you got to post this or this. Like, it's just for me, that's how I hold myself accountable. And that's how I, I balance everything out. Like, my boyfriend hates this, but like, I always tell him, if it's not in the calendar, it's not happening. Because he's like, oh, we're going for coffee. I'm like, is it in the calendar? And he's like, that's so intense. That's so romantic. <laughs> and I'm like, no, but it's like, it's a thing because I have so much going on. Yeah that I actually need to set aside time. Like I know it's not the most romantic thing and it's not the like happiest thing, but if I don't have it in there, then I'm, it's not gonna happen for me. You can look at it on the flip side and say <laughs> that I'm buying out time for you. Yeah, exactly. Right? I put it in my calendar. But even stuff that I do for myself, like if I say I need it, I need time to just like relax, be at home, watch mm-hmm. Netflix, not do anything, like I'll put that in the calendar. Is that relaxed to you though? You're like, I can relax from 6.30, until 7.15. It is though, for me. Excellent. For me, as long it as it is. works for you. I know. That's all that really matters. It's is very OCD, <laughs> but it works for me. Like yesterday on my calendar was like, oh, me time. Yeah. And it was me time. And did you get it? Oh yeah. Oh, amazing. Oh my God. I watched like the cheesy, you know, Christmas Netflix movies, like super cheesy ones. And I was so happy. It was the best, best Relax. day of my life. Exactly. Because you bought it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... First of all, are you are you a digital calendar or are you a written calendar? Digital. Oh, digital. I, see, I find that very interesting too. Yeah. I'm, you can ask anyone here. I am. I need physical copies of everything. A lot I'm of people like, do. Always like, is it printed out? And they're like, <laughs> Are you killing trees? I'm yeah. like, I'm not trying to. I just need to hold it yeah. for a second. I'm not a. I'm not a printed person. Like, I need everything to me is online. It's so funny because I, I I hate papers. <laughs> I never print anything out. 
But if it's not online, then it's not a thing. Did you book into your calendar two years ago that you're like, today I'm going to start a business? Was this in a mirror? Yes, can can no. you like flip back and be like, oh, look, on February 4th, it says open your own business. And alas, Man, I did it. I wish that was the case, but it wasn't. Uh, this this business was an accident. I always said to people, I'm a great employee. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could ever be my own boss. I'm like, I could do things for people and I would do it great. But I, for me to run my own thing, I don't think I could do it. It's your job. I you know. do things for people. I know, I know, right? So I'm like, how can I run my own thing? And it was this, this came out of nowhere because it was really out of a bad place where I did not like the, it was a job that I had after Pennant. Mm -hmm. um, I had tried corporate PR and I lasted six months, like right. literally walked out and I hated it. But from process that, of elimination. Yeah, from to be that. Fair. Exactly. And then from that came this because I just started freelancing mm -hmm. and I, you know, started working for people like Kat mm -hmm. and I loved it. I loved it so much and things kept coming in. People kept you know, hiring me. So I was like, oh, why don't I just, I mean, it was my mom who actually was like, why don't you just do, do this full time? Like really? you're doing it already anyway. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm scared. Yeah. You know, like what, what do you mean my own business? Like, what do I do? And then, you know, I, it just felt right. Intuition yeah, felt completely. right. And I just, I did it. So yeah, it wasn't in the calendar. It was literally one of the most spontaneous things that I did that wasn't planned. Kat, we've brought her name up a, uh, a I few know. times. Kat Stavankovic. Uh, Who's the Stephen best? Stefan Kavich, however you want to say Stefankovic, yeah. yeah uh, Stefan Kavich. The person, with, uh, <laughs> the love person with a long last name. Yeah, amazing last name. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I've had a few friends in my life with long last names and I, I get like a rhythm to spelling right. it for whatever reason. And so I can usually spell it better than I can say it. That's funny. And I always impress myself every time I like, yeah, I write it in it something. Right. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, way to go, Clay. You tackled that long. I'm a <laughs> child still. Um, <laughs> In-game host for the Toronto Raptors. Yes. Uh, NBA TV Canada personality. Yeah. Uh, also featured with Adidas. Yes. Who's, she does great, uh, great amazing. work with Adidas. It's yeah. such a perfect partnership. Oh my God, it was amazing. Uh, between the two of them. And then just, I, I don't want to say general city host because that seems like general, <laughs> but she can be seen doing like so many great events. So many. That I'm always like, how did you get hooked up with that? <laughs> how much is that you? A lot of it. Yeah. yeah, a lot of it. You know, when it was amazing because when I first, I always say she's my case study because I yeah. first, <laughs> I've known Kat for a long time because we just always used to, used to invite her to everything. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Raptors fan, so I've followed her career, but we always stayed in touch. And then when I left and did my own thing, she was one of the first people that I emailed and I was like, hey, guess what? I'm doing my own thing. And it was so weird because at the time she was like, it's so weird because I've been thinking of expanding mm -hmm. my brand and mm -hmm. thinking of, you know, you know, like the Toronto Raptors stuff is great, but like what can what else can I do outside of that? So it was perfect timing. We met up and again, same thing. I asked her, what are your goals? What are this? What are that? Um and we've been working together for almost two and a half years. And honestly, it literally she just she I mean she's a perfect client like she just you know she wanted something mm -hmm. and then we had a game plan and then we just put it into place and now look at her right like it's crazy and she's an executor which is great but I that's what that, it is right yeah where this is weird we're talking about her in the third person I she's, know. she's not even here but that's okay it's my nope. podcast a lot too um <laughs> you give her something and she'll do it like yeah. you can say hey cat this is what's on your plate for the day that's it have a calendar yeah like she has a schedule she does and she's very busy right but she puts it into her routine and it's like, yeah. okay, this is what I have to do. And, and, and she'll hit that mark for you every time. And the important thing for me and for her as well is that like we always wanted to stick to authenticity. Like mm -hmm. we always, everything that we 
do and we are still doing is authentic to who she is. So she never feels, you know, uncomfortable doing it. She actually wants to do it. She's passionate about it, right? So like this partnership with Adidas was amazing because it's something that just makes absolute sense. So everything she's doing, it, it is, it's already part of her everyday lifestyle. It's just right. another great addition that she gets to partner with a great company that does, you know, things that are aligned with who she is. Um, so yeah, I mean, she, she, she's, I always say she's my case study because I've yeah. seen her grow and become, you know, more than just a, a Raptors host. Like people are associating her with the fact that she's this and that. And mm-hmm. like, she's a brand ambassador for, you know, Toronto for health and wellness brand and Complete, all that stuff. And that's right? actually, a, again, another perfect yeah. area is, is Kat when it comes to health and wellness. Yeah, it's so she her. She is like such an amazing motivation. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I also get to say to her, like, you do all the work so I don't have to. <laughs> like, I'm just associated with you. So that's cool with yeah. me. She's terrific. Yeah. Obviously can't say enough about her. I could blab about her <laughs> the whole day. How, in those early days, uh-huh. and you said she was one of the first people you reached yeah. out to. Yeah. I imagine it was probably you just proactively mm-hmm. contacting people yeah. that you either knew through yeah. whatever or admit in the past. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. I mean, it, again, I'm lucky that I've been in this industry for a while, so it wasn't like I was starting from scratch. It was a very easy email being like, hey guys, this is what I'm doing now, just letting you know. And I'm very, very fortunate that a lot of these people love what I do for them. Mm-hmm. So they've a lot of them have come back. Um, but even the ones that I, you know, cold email or cold call, I mean, they have heard about me through someone else or they know someone that used me as their publicist. So that you know that was um that really worked to my favor and it still does because mm-hmm. i get you know i cat knows a lot of people or mm-hmm. other, my other clients know a lot of other people so it's nice to have those point of references um and that's that's been the way i've been building this business are you ever brought on board for a short term i actually really wondered this when yeah. i was looking through uh, your clients are yeah. you ever it's like listen we got this thing it's yeah. launching March yeah. can we work together for three months oh absolutely and I always say I mean I, I prefer to work with people in the long term because I think your career obviously hopefully is long term mm-hmm. but yeah I do have people that come to me and they're like you know I just have this one movie mm-hmm. I really want to you know bring attention to it so yeah there are times when I do take on clients for a shorter period of time but you know what's amazing is that they always come back so even right. if it's only like a three month thing for example they'll come back in like three months and say oh, I have another project. So it's kind of like they're there temporarily, but they keep coming back. So it's it's good for me. <laughs> Is there like an Amira 12-step process <laughs> where you're like, okay, we're going to start here and for each step you get a chip? No. <laughs> or... or is everything so tailor-made today that you can't yeah. really compare, you know, guy on my left to person on my right? It's so hard because for me, I don't like having a cookie cutter, uh, you know, Plan. campaign, right? Because everyone to me is so different. Even if you guys do the same thing, like even if you're both actors, even if you're both hosts, whatever it is, you're both different. You have different goals. You have different interests. You have different, you know, maybe charities that you support. So everyone to me is a unique campaign. Yes, we might use the same, you know, media outlets or we might reach out to the same whatever people, organizations, but it's going to be different for each one. And everyone also has a different uh, like goal in mind. So some people, they want more TV time. Some people, they just want, you know, blogs to write about them, right? So it really depends. And I don't like to make uh, two campaigns the same just mm-hmm. because it, to me it, everyone's different mm-hmm. right so I promised I was going to come back to this yeah what's it 
<laughs> there's clearly, and we all come across them just in everyday life, but it, it must be a little more difficult for you just because, first of all, you're, you're in a forward-facing position, and secondly, yeah. because you depend on your clients for income. Right. What's it, is there a vibe you get or don't get? Uh, What's it like not, you know, yeah. d- what circumstances come up where you're like, maybe this isn't the best yeah. fit? Or, or or we're not going to be great together. I mean, it's Sounds a lot like a relationship. Yeah, uh, this isn't working out. Well, it, it is like a relationship ways. because these are people I work with, right? right? And they're they're the people I talk to more than I talk to my own family. So it has to it has to match my an- energy and it has to match their energies as well. So for me, there is no it's it's really it really is just intuition. I meet with someone and and I can just tell when something is either with a personality. Like I can just, I'm not vibing well with them um, or just some of the things that they want. Like they'll, some some people have really, really grand wish lists. And the reality is that, yes, I can help you, but probably it's not gonna happen in the time frame that you want, right? right? So there's too many demands sometimes and it's just not realistic. Um, but a lot of the times it does come with like what they do for a living. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I can help promote that. Like I've right. had, you know, I've had someone who uh, I think they do like children's albums and I'm like, that's just mm. not my thing, no. you know? So it's just not a fit for me. Because so much of your work is based on the connections you that's have. That's it, exactly. Right? You have connections within outlets and yeah. with, with likely brands and events. For sure. And and if it's not like a... If know, it's not interesting and I know Fred I can't Penner sell it. Exactly. Outlet, <laughs> yeah. Again, well, how am I going to help you? Exactly. I'm just robbing you of your money. But that's what it is. And to me, and I always say, and it's funny because I'm, you know, I'm a business owner. So everyone's like, well, you know, what do you do like for your living? And I'm like, I'd never look at the money though. It's not about the money for me. Um, yes, obviously I need to pay my Coming bills. Coming from someone where business is going well. well no, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> because what, well, when it's not going well, all I'm doing is looking at that bank account. No, but it, it, I, I, obviously that's hard, but I would, I've never attached myself to money because to right. me, money, you can make money. Money comes and goes, but your reputation, your business, you, you the people you represent, those are what sticks, mm-hmm. right? Like if you just take on anyone and you have this reputation of like, oh yeah, she just takes on anyone mm-hmm. and she failed at this campaign because she just took this person that she couldn't even promote. Like mm-hmm. that to me, that is more money lost, right? Completely. Be- because that yeah. becomes your brand. That becomes your reputation. For sure. That you're just you taking kind of, on you, anyone. You take anyone. Yeah. And you want some form and I don't want to say you're anyone wants to be elitist yeah. but you want to be a specialist in your field yeah and it's what you're comfortable doing and it's what you're you know you're going to be successful at like I have influencers that you know come to me and they want representation I don't represent influencers I don't know that space and I don't like really that space you know to me I represent people who have careers in the entertainment realm so Mm -hmm. you know I've turned down a lot of these influencers and Mm -hmm. people are like well why don't you just take them on you can start a division I'm like I don't want to do that though like that's not for me so yeah like money is great because it pays the bills but I never attach myself to it because I know it's going to come from something else so and 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 luckily enough it's like the rule of the universe if you're not attached to it it'll come right Right. so yeah I mean it's a lot of it so single Songwriters, uh, directors, actors, well. actors, yeah, of TV hosts, personalities. personalities yeah. yeah, so there has to be something you know tangible that they're sellable. doing, sellable, yeah. tangible, uh, something that's long term. Mm-hmm. If it's for me, if it's not long term, I I don't really like working with people like mm-hmm. that because I I don't know why I'm working with them. Like, what's the point of us building a brand if you're just gonna give this up in like six months, right? right? Exactly. So that's why I always ask people like, what is the long term goal? Because for me, I don't want to sell you an outlet and be like oh yeah he's an amazing actor and then he quits in like six months like to become a mechanic (laughs) you know I mean there's nothing wrong with that 
but I can't. But I can't work with that. On you, then what's the long term goal? Because what's really interesting yeah. with all your moving around, yeah, that Toronto is the place <laughs> that you call home. I know, and and. and Personally, even with me, I look to some of the the cities south of the border, right? Where I would, uh, even I even personally am looking to expand our business. Absolutely. Here, and you have to have somewhere in your timeline written yeah, in the calendar. I do. Right? <laughs> no, and and it's I mean a lot of my clients, uh, you know, their goal is Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. So I know in the back of my head that Hollywood is something that's going to become part of this business. Um, but the base will always be Toronto. Like this will always be my home and this will always be where everything happens. But yeah, it, realistically in this world we live in, you need places, especially south of the border, right? Because New York, Chicago as well. New York, Chicago. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of different. I mean, even Miami has, you know, I was thinking right? Miami or yeah. Georgia, like Atlanta. Yeah. The, the film There's a lot of film people. Massive. Now everyone yeah. flies into there. Yeah, but there's so many productions getting picked up exactly. and, and, and filmed in Atlanta. And that's what, so, you know, for me, it's realistically, I, I need to have my hand in there mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, so that's, you know, that's the long-term goal, essentially, is to have another office somewhere in the States. How do you manage, and I know you write everything down and you, you keep <laughs> steady track, but you're over... 30 clients? Am well, close? Or you were at one point? Yeah, at one point was over 20 clients. You were over 20 um, clients. I had an intern that helped me. That, 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 uh, this is yeah. where I'm headed. I'm like, how do you get how help? How do I do it? Because there's only so much of you to go around. I know. So I had an intern, which, you know, it was great. She was great, but I felt that I was teaching her a lot more than I was getting help. So right. that was Good a lesson thing. learned. Um, the goal next year is to get an employee, yeah. for sure. I mean, I've had a lot of practice in my old firm. Uh, I was handling a lot of clients. Mm-hmm. My, I mean, obviously I had help, but a a lot of it was practice of being able to handle all of the clients. I don't know how I do it. Sometimes I'm like, how do I do it? But I just do. You have your brain in a lot of places at once. I'm very ADD. Yeah. <laughs> like I need to do a lot of things at once or else I can't concentrate. Right. I really can't concentrate on one thing. So this job is perfect for me because then I'm like doing a million other things at the same time. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I guess I just do it. It's just in my personality and it's just who I am. But yes, that's the goal is to get an employee, hopefully by next year. And is that what, is the idea that you, you you bring on a person and let's say you bring on two or three yeah. in time and then everyone becomes a specialist in an area? Yeah. Like, like where it's like, I've got, this is my New York person or is it everyone, like is it client-based or is it outlet-based? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely makes sense. It's it's going to be more client-based mm-hmm. because there's, um you know, the, the, so everyone always asks like, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? A lot of it is different, but the ones that are the same is pitching to media and that takes up a lot of time. I can't even imagine. I mean, you know, on your side, right? Like coordinating, you know, with producers, coordinating with the talent, like that's a lot of, uh, that's a big chunk of my time. So if I could delegate that to someone else, that Mm -hmm. frees up a lot of my time. Um, Even things with like, you know, attending these media interviews with clients, I can't split myself. So sometimes no. I have to schedule it where it does fit my schedule, but sometimes you can't, you can't, you have no control of that. So having someone to be able to go to these interviews with the client, because I never like to leave my clients alone. Mm-hmm. I always think it's necessary to have someone there just in case something happens and for moral support. Well, just for moral support. Absolutely. Like you have a cheering section. Yeah. And it's like, if you're the one who's made the connection yeah. let's say, between that person and the media personnel, exactly. or like the producer or whoever, yeah. at least you can be like, 
like, oh, Paul. Yeah. Like, this wait, is who, on the yeah. Phone. This is my peep. Exactly. And then they have that introduction. 100%. So you're not blind, blind. And this industry is all about connections, right? right? So, like, it's knowing the right people. And so, for me, even going to these media interviews, that's a networking event yeah. for me, right? So, it really helps the business. Um, but yeah, no, it would be more on a client basis. So, back at my old firm, we would have like certain people handle just the musicians yeah. and some people mm-hmm. handle just the TV personalities. And that makes total sense, right? Because then you can focus on the type of media outlets that are good for those people. And then you can, you know, pitch the right brands, the right companies. So, yeah. How much of your life is campaign creation versus campaign execution? Ah. That's what I want. 50-50. Is it? Yeah. 50-50. Because as yeah. you just said, a lot of it, you're attending yeah. events and interviews, yeah. you know, with with the people you represent uh-huh. and that's really execution yeah but you have to have like with all your you have to have an idea on what their plan is and yes. what your plan is yeah and all the different ways you have to execute that yeah and that boggles my mind <laughs> well i love campaign creation because i think that's when you get to be super creative and you think of ideas but the execution part is also very rewarding because then you're everything that you've been thinking in your head you're like ah, oh, here it is mm-hmm. you know it's like right there like even stuff with cat like when we sit down and we have our you know our meetings we're like oh this is what we want and then actually like bringing that to life that's mm-hmm. exciting so so I would say 50-50 because you're spending a lot of time coming up with ideas and then the rest of the 50, you're like, okay, time to actually make it happen. And that's fun. What are some of the rooms that you find yourself in? I'm sorry. This is, it's meant to be a conversation. <laughs> no, I love I, it. I am so interested in what you do that no, it feels this is maybe great. like an interrogation. Yeah. I'm like, tell like me a this. lamp. Where were you on the 4th of February? Tell me. What country were you in? What no, language I, were you speaking? Um, <laughs> No, I love it. Some without having to or feeling necessary that you have to mention the client. Or yeah. Whatever. What are some of the rooms or some of the events that you've just been privy to that you're like, Ugh. oh, I wound up here in Toronto. Like, I in no way knock the city. We are host to A some lot. some yeah. of the biggest yeah. North American events. What is the craziest thing? But, but what are some of the things, like, I believe that life is made up of moments, yeah. obviously, yeah. That, that it's not so much you know, the things we are doing or what we're striving yeah. for. It's the moments we kind of collect along the way yeah. and these memories that we get to keep with us forever. So you get through, you know, a few different firms and then now your own firm, mm-hmm. you get to kind of collect memories and moments. So many where memories. Where you're like, this is neat. I know I am here yeah. as a product of what I do for work. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not. Yeah. I'm no A-list, yeah. but I've been able to be privy to things oh, or be in rooms. I'm sure you the, have your memories. Because of the product. It's a product of what I do for work. Yeah. So what about you? So many. So many. I'm trying to think of one. I mean, okay, so this was... The best one. <laughs> like, only one. And if it's not the best one... You're everyone, here. Everyone on Twitter is going to... No, I'm joking. Everyone's going to hate you. Yeah. Um, they're going to think you're fake. You're no, fake. You're not. You know what? I I have, I, have, I have so many moments, but I think the weirdest one where I was like, wow, this is my life. Like, this is so weird. I worked on that movie Prisoners for TIFF. It has it stars Hugh Jackman, um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Who else is in it? Like Terrence Howard, like so many people. And I did the press conference for that, for TIFF. And, you know, I was just doing my job. But um, there was one moment where I was in this like weird, very weird small hallway with just... Um, 
two bodyguards, someone from from the film festival, and then I was waiting on Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal, and they had just come in from something else, and 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 so they entered, and then for for like for like five minutes we were just stuck in this hall, and I was in this area with Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman, super nice guys, and. It, it was. Oh, yeah, it was clearly. so. It was. Yeah, I remember when we were like. Having <laughs> but it was so. It was so weird. I was like, "What is my life? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm standing here, and you know, having small conversation with these guys. It was very bizarre. I just thought of another one. Uh-huh, I. See? Um, I love when this happens. I know, but this was. This was actually a big, big, big part of my career. Big pivotal moment. But I. I did the press conference for Edge of Tomorrow, starring Tom mm-hmm. Cruise, and I headed that. Like, I literally did everything for that because at the time a lot of people were on vacation Emily Blunt as well was she, was she Edge of the, Tomorrow? Yes, but yeah, she, she was. She, she was. She was like this the, the love, the love interest, yeah, person. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she was. Um, so she's in that movie, but it was he was coming to Toronto for the first time in like seven years, and they're like, we have to make this, you know, press conference perfect. So I had to execute this press conference from st- literally from start to finish, like as in I'm rolling the red carpet with mm-hmm. these people. But that was very surreal because we had to hire like eight bodyguards and four of Toronto's police. Um, and I was like, this is so intense. Like, why is this a thing? And I couldn't understand why we had to hire so many security and then we had to run them through. And his, I remember his bodyguard came in, the one who travels with him and uh, everything that we did, he's like, he was this Russian guy. He's like, it's all wrong. We have to start over. Because he was like, he just knows like what works for Tom and what doesn't. Right. And I now I understand why it was all wrong because it was like, it was definitely like, crowd control situation so it was weird because we had we had expected a hundred fans to just come upstairs this was at the Scotiabank theater Mm -hmm. we had expected a hundred fans to come in but I guess someone obviously said on Twitter oh someone's coming and we think it's Tom Cruise a hundred people turned into 600 people and that's why we had Toronto police there but the surreal moment was Tom Cruise arrives finally such a nice guy comes over to me he's like hi I'm Tom I'm like yeah I know who you are but Thanks for at the same time, I guess. But it's nice, right? No, and it's like, like, hi, you know who I am? Yeah, like, like but we all kind of introduce ourselves. And I love him because I think he's so he's such a huge movie star, but he's still so grounded. Like he talked to he he spent time with every single fan, took pictures with them, and just everything was amazing. And I never had an opinion about him other than like seeing him jump on a couch at like on the Oprah, on Oprah show. Yeah. That's the only thing I have in my brain about him. But after meeting him, I'm like, you know what? Nicest guy ever. I'd work with him again. Sent her office flowers the next day Aww. to say thank you. Like crazy stuff like that. So that was a very surreal moment because I'm like, I'm here with the biggest movie star and I I literally executed this carpet from start to finish. Like that was, that was a crazy moment. It's like a feather in your cap. Yeah. You're like, oh, I did this and I'm able to do this. Yeah. And kind of when we were joking before about, you know, doing, learning little things in the office. Yeah. (laughs) Everything's personally a stepping stone that if you, you're not sure if you can do something. Yeah. Then if you prove to yourself you can. I know. Then it gives you the confidence to be able to go out and maybe try the same thing again. Or with enough practice, do something bigger. Absolutely. No, because I feel after that event, I was like, okay, I know I can do this. I can handle... If I can handle Tom Cruise. If me and TC can get along, (laughs) 
And his Russian bodyguard, like, oh my God. doesn't break my arm. So his Russian bodyguard, okay, I'm five feet tall on a good day. His Russian <laughs> bodyguard, his bodyguard was like six five or six seven. Oof. He was so big, and I was so intimidated by him because he was like literally towered over. You but speak to his belly button for like basically, a day. and he was like he he just knew like he walks and he's like it's all wrong. We have to start over again. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you're scary. I'm gonna listen they, to you. <laughs> that, so specialists, and we talked about this earlier too, specialists make me, I like someone who specializes yeah. in a thing. And that's when through all these conversations, I've realized I, I've uncovered <laughs> myself through all the different people that I talk to that I enjoy people who create things, mm -hmm. which 100% speaks of you, but also someone who specializes in a thing where I could sit there <laughs> and like I'm doing with you, I could speak to the 6'5 Russian bodyguard <laughs> And just like at the drop of a hat, pick his brain yeah. because my brain just chases down like a, a road of all the things that I want to find out. Oh, yeah. Because it's he knows everything. If you're guarding Tom Cruise For your whole life, that's that's right, your career. Right. Then there's most things about bodyguarding. Like, you know, everything. Yeah. You are the the Tom Cruise, a bodyguard. I mean, it's crazy. And, and, and he was he was actually a really nice guy. And like when he calmed down, he was really funny. Um, but he was I mean, he has to be on point all the time for Tom, right? Because he, they go everywhere around the world. He has to go to all these red carpet premieres in China, in London and whatever. So it's very interesting to see someone or meet someone in that in that world because then, you know, that's a cool freaking job. 100%. Right? When you go to an event, are you like, can you enjoy it? Or do you see the matrix code behind everything? <laughs> that you're like, I know how this works. I know. And, and I know you, that allows you a special ability to critique things. Yeah, too, it's if so you're funny. in that mindset. Well, it's funny because I always say I can never watch a media interview ever again normally, like a normal person. Because I'm always like, oh, I, I I wonder how they pitched that story, or I wonder which producer did that. I I wonder <laughs> that 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 exactly. Yeah. I'm like, how did they get in the door? And this yes. is probably not what they pitched them. Like especially when you get when you see someone who's surprised yes. by a question, I'm like, oh yeah, you lied your face that's, off. Well, that's what that's that's it because I'm always like, oh, I wonder what happened behind the scenes, you know. And even events, I'll go to an event. I'm like, man, this must have been a really hard event to go to, or mm -hmm. man, they should have had someone at the door, yeah. extra person, yeah. just saying, you know. So I'm like critiquing it in my head. Um, but I mean, I still, look at all the empty glasses just right? sitting there. Why haven't they been picked? Yeah, up? this looks terrible. I know, and that's like that's my brain. I'm just looking around. I'm like, oh gosh, like someone needs to go get that right now. Oh, that person's drunk they need to kick them out like yeah, you know what I mean right. so but I mean I still try to enjoy myself if I can because <laughs> then you're sitting there critiquing everything right who's doing yeah. it right who who do you look at that who's doing it right yeah, that you're like and it could be a personality yeah but but someone outside of your circle that you're like hey oh. you know what they be, I take inspiration from every oh not every I saw Wreck-It Ralph last night the oh, new Wreck-It Ralph I want right? to see that it's a cartoon right I'm not really in the animation field yeah but there's always story notes. There's right. a, there's always bits that I'm like, oh, three of the producers, yeah. they did this great, like they faked it like it was FaceTiming off the top, oh. right? And that ended up being That's the turn cool. off your phone cue, oh, cool. right? But it's the three of them. And then the joke happens because then they cut to a camera that shows that three of them are all kind of sitting beside each other just with different backgrounds yeah. behind them. And then one oh, guy's fun. like, how do I turn this off? And they're, <laughs> like, uh. and they're like, what do we do about them? <laughs> Like enjoy the show. Oh, that's cute. But there's all your yeah. again your brain. Whenever you see stuff, your brain's always working. So yeah. who's doing something right that right now yeah. is maybe outside your circle? 
It's hard to say. That you draw inspiration from. Okay, so, I mean, this is not outside my circle because it's actually very within You're my like, circle. You're like, I did it and it I draw inspiration me. for I, myself. I mean, I'm the best, so, yes. you know, I don't need to look to anyone else. Just saying. I'm first, second, and third. <laughs> I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, you're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. There's you're like, get out of my show. On. Right. Um, no. No, there's. You, if that's the case. <laughs> no, it's not. I have, I'm going to quit the show because I've reached my <laughs> pinnacle. I've done I, it. I'm like, I found the person. <laughs> I can't continue. Well, she's actually, she's in PR, but she doesn't do entertainment. Well, she used to. Um, so Deborah Goldenblatt-Sadowski, I'm going to butcher her name. But, um, it's she, a long name, and it's, it's hyphenated. Name. It's so hyphenated. She's allowed. She You're owns, allowed. Forgiven. <laughs> thank you. She owns Rocket Promotions, so it's a it's a PR firm, and she's my mentor in the business because she, I mean, she's amazing. Like, everything she does, I look at her, you know, everything she does personally and in her professional life, everything is just what I aspire to be. She runs this amazing PR company with huge clients. Adidas is one of her clients. Um, and she, but she runs this business so well. She's so grounded. She still takes time for, to mentor people like me. Um, you know, so, so to me, she does everything right. I'm sure she has her moments. Obviously not everyone's perfect, but I think she's pretty close to perfect. Just Mm -hmm. saying. Uh, and, and, and I think she, it's amazing that she still, you know, makes time for her family and friends and, you know, gets to do all those things. So, so to me, she does it right balances things out that's beautiful yeah, yeah. i uh i don't know I, I feel like i know you have everything scheduled <laughs> and so i feel like i'm probably running t- towards the end of my time we don't have a you in the corner that You're gives like, me the five on. minute signal no says, i set aside time for this that, that says wrap it up but there's something that i want to talk to you about final thing that i know nothing about but i think you can educate Ooh, me. what is this and it's as I kind of like, if you look up your name on the internet, you kind of like <laughs> go through different interviews you've done and people you've spoken to. Yeah. I see the influence you've had on uh, women in the industry. Oh, thank you. And, and that comes to the forefront a lot with the people you talk to mm-hmm. or the organizations that choose to interview you. That is something I know nothing about because, first of all, I am by no means like a leader <laughs> among women in the industry I could maybe learn to be one day but to me it, it's never there right, right? of course yeah and so I can't understand something that's not there right and so I would like to hear like I, I want to know from you yeah what's that like and how much of that is a driving part yeah or, or does it even calculate yeah. in your brain that you're trying to do a thing or right. you're achieving a thing that doesn't usually get done well it's interesting because I'm in an industry where it's very woman dominated so I've never thank God had that problem of like feeling like I was never heard or I never had a voice because my industry is predominantly women but as an entrepreneur as a woman entrepreneur a woman in business you know it's only in the last two years where you see more women out there doing their thing and Mm -hmm. feeling like they have a voice and they have a space and I think for me it's important for me to be a you know a a role model for a lot of younger women which is why I like to speak to women organization or you know younger women um I'm it's actually interesting I was I I was invited to speak at this conference last year at the University of Ottawa and it was um part of this organization called Her Campus and it Mm -hmm. encourages a lot of young women to pursue careers in you know maybe male-dominated fields or um just any fields in general where they feel that in the past maybe they couldn't have done so I think it's important for me to speak to younger women to 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 let them know that you know you can do this there is space for it because there's been a history of not 
being able to do that. I mean, I'm very lucky that I came at the right time where there are so many different opportunities for women now. But, you know, there's still room for that. And and for me, the most important thing is being able to encourage other women to do what they want to do in life. I mean, it's important to encourage anyone, mm-hmm. not just women. But I think because in the past, maybe a lot of women felt like they didn't have that platform. It's important for me to be able to encourage them because I, I have that you know, I have that space. I have that platform to say something. Um, and a lot of young girls who go, who, who are still in university, who want to be a PR person or want to start their own business, they've reached out to me and they've asked me to go for coffee and help them. And, and I think that if you could give back anything with your business, I think that's important, right? Time. And I'm sure, I'm sure you feel the same way when there's people that probably reach out to you and say, how did you do it? And mm-hmm. like, how can I, you know, how can I pick your brain? I think mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's important for, for us to give back what we learned and it doesn't take away from what you do. It, it's not a competition. It's, I've never seen anything like this as competition. I always say anyone can do what I do, but it's what I made of it, right? It's like what I make of what I do is what makes me unique. Um, so to me, there's never competition. Yeah. I've always felt on jumping yeah. off of that idea. I've always felt that I don't belong in a room, as weird as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't I don't know why I'm here. I don't, <laughs> like I know how I got here. Yeah, right? yeah. It's because I did this and I did this and I did this right. and I did this and I worked really hard, but I've encountered so many people that are more naturally talented than I am mm. and or 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 deserve to be somewhere. Right. And it's that almost insecurity. I don't want to say again, I know why I am where I am. Yeah. I know all the steps I took to get get here, but it's that feeling that makes me need to yeah. give back yeah. because I'm like I'm just one step off of right. anyone who's asking me for advice. Yeah. And if I found like the cheat code yeah. to get me in uh, and get me down this road, mm-hmm. then I need to share that cheat code with everyone else. And oh, I don't, again, the cheat code for anyone listening, <laughs> it's work your ass off. That, like, exactly. It, all it is, is, yeah. is put your head down. It's a lot of what you talked mm-hmm. about when you when you take on a new client. It's figure out what the story is, yeah. what the long plan is, yeah. uh, the, the long term, play yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, the long term goal. Yeah. So focus on that. Yeah. It can't be fame. It can't be money. It yeah. can't be popularity. Mm-hmm. Because if that's what you're in it for, you are going to die out yeah. before you see any of that. 100%. The idea is to know your role, not something I've always been great at. <laughs> Put your head down yeah. though, and just do your work. That's what it is. And that's that's my, you know, it's always been like that for me. Just Just do your work. And, you know, if you can, if you can give a little bit of advice to people, that's what I always say to them. Just do your work. Just work hard. This is, this industry is not easy. And I always say that to people because they're like, I want to be an entertainment PR. And I'm like, I'm telling you now, you have to really want it Mm -hmm. because it's a lot of work. I have 16 to 18 hour days sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? And like, I can never just shut it off. And you're always going to be the first, be the first person that people blame because you are that person that executes everything. So you got to have thick skin. You got to work hard and you just have to never take anything personally. That was a hard one for me. Not taking things personally. Oh my gosh. That took me years. Years. I still, I I mean, I'm a very, I'm sensitive, okay? Um, I'm a Gemini. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no, I, 
you know, for me, this industry is really hard because people will tell you as it is, and they there will be a lot of rejections. There will be a lot of no's, and if you can't take that, then it, this is not the industry for you. So, what's hard for me sometimes is when someone works with me, then works with someone else, and then comes back to me, mm. and I'm kind of like, uh, oh, yeah. so you think you can just come? <laughs> the truth is, you're my client. I know. So yes, you can just come walking back. We're happy to get your business. Yeah. That that's the one. I'm. I tend to be very blunt. Oh, for sure. Uh, and very, I, I understand that. Very yeah. Forward. And if something ends, something ends, and I'm fine with yeah. that. But it's like when I see them like working with competition. Like I say competition. Nicely but I know what you mean. Because yeah. like I think the production circles are very collaborative in for Toronto. For sure. Yeah. You know. Well, everyone um, knows everyone. Everyone knows everyone, and you've probably worked with each other mm-hmm. on half a dozen things. Mm-hmm. Or my friends that own production companies have hired me to do yeah. a thing on theirs and I've hired them and vice versa Um, but it's weird when you're like you lose someone to go somewhere and they go somewhere else and they're like hey can you you get a set of a bind and do this thing I'm like (laughs) that's the one that I'm still trying to yeah and that's hard because it's hard to not take that personally because it it becomes like a breakup and then you're like taking someone back after a breakup so you're like oh I don't know about this I think what's helped and what continues to help is the fact that I have you know Dylan here and I have Sean I have Charlotte that then I'm like, oh wait, we we're an organization, yeah, and and they're not not working with me. Mm-hmm. They're no longer my client. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of the company's client, right. and it gives me like that, that bit of padding, exactly. That insulation because it's not about you. It's, it's never it, about it never you, right? That's what it is. So I always that's how I always think about it. I'm like, it wasn't about me. It was whatever they were dealing at the time, and I can't take it personally. It's hard, but it's something you learn every day. Every so if day. we learn anything. Uh, <laughs> First off, it's try new things, kids. It's fun. Yes. It's uh, work your tail off. Mm-hmm. It's uh, don't take have, things personally. Don't take things personally, even though we're all going to, because yeah. we're all creative spirits, and I that's know. where it kind of gets too us. Sensitive. And hey, uh, fucking numbers are cool. Yeah, that was four. That Did was you see that? Th- Bam. Oh my goodness! Drop the she mic. Sees everything. Everything. On that note, I don't think there's a better time to end this. I hope you come back. This Will was you? so much can, fun. Can I'd love like to come back. Two? Yes. Okay. Can we, Ashley? I, I would love to. Do I will a part put two. it in my calendar. Like literally, <laughs> we could just we're gonna like stop this and start the next one, and we're just gonna roll. No, I'm joking. No, let's I'm gonna do let it. you go. This is only in your calendar. <laughs> uh, I like to end things uh, the same way with every podcast. So from myself, from Amira, thank you for coming in. Thank you for from having Dylan, me. From Dylan, who's Thanks, technically Dylan. producing. He's he's technically producing. No, Dylan's amazing. Technical producer. Uh, Charlotte, obviously, who you're in communication oh gosh, with. She's her. amazing. Uh, and Luca, who's cutting this afterwards. We all say Hi, thanks. Hi, Luca. Uh, everyone, please, please, please be good to yourself. And eat your vegetables. Now. Schedule it. Mm-hmm.